He met her in the back room of the Weeping Violet. He'd paid half a week's salary under a special dose of chemical stimulus for entry. She was worth it, every penny. Her hair draped over slender white shoulders like the satin vestments of a priest. Her lips, nose, and ears were pierced and pierced again with slender hoops and intricate jeweled studs. And yet she shone through, blending to flesh, metal, and back again, until she was one surreal image of dark desire and wanton abandon. She pursed her lips, black lipstick, with a gloss coating that caught the faint illumination of the club, petulantly beckoning to him. Her voice was hypnotic, fascinating, and he basked lethargically in the heady depths of her deep green eyes, not really listening to her drone on and on about the music or the club, saying nothing, only concentrating on the moment. Of course the moment ended. Such is the nature of moments. He was compensated for the loss by the exquisite sensation of her body insinuating itself between his arm and his side, pressing close, and by the heady perfume of her proximity. He didn't speak, only lent his arm to the embrace and pulled her closer. I'm a poet, she said. Those words seep through, even as others slipped in and out and away. I want to write you. The novelty was his undoing. They were up and moving, passing through ranks of leather, chains, makeup, and angst, pressing forward toward what? She wanted to write him. Nonsense that etched itself in his mind with perfect clarity. He drank in the envy of others as they passed, radiated contempt for their failure. She pressed even closer, and blessedly she did not speak. For the briefest of moments he regretted leaving. He saw the brute at the door, the glazed look courtesy of his own chemical expertise. He heard the pulsing sound of the music and felt the fresh air driving away the incense-soaked ambience of the weeping violet. It might be months before he could afford to bribe his way inside again. She pulled him closer and the images dissipated, leaving him to savor present tense and imminent pleasure. She chewed at the black on her lips, lost in thoughts he could not decipher, They walked in silence, she purposeful, he uncertain of their destination, but unconcerned with that particular lack of knowledge. She wanted to write him. Morning found her sampling the kitchen-made designer drug stacked on their shelves outside the bathroom. He studied the splendid contour of her ass as she bent to snort a pale blue line of his best, the way her small breast seemed larger, suspended beneath the supple arch of her spine the way the tendons stretched rubber band tight across the backs of her knees. He scratched beneath the covers at the encrusted remains of their passion, caked like dried paint in his pubic hair, and found that he was getting hard watching her. For the moment, however, he preferred not to let on that he was awake. He watched, he wanted, and wasn't wanting sometimes the very best of highs, and he wondered, who was she? How had she come so suddenly into his life? His eyes strayed to the wall on which she'd written him. The letters were small and incredibly precise, seeing as how they'd been written with her lipstick. She'd used the same black lipstick that now marked his neck like cancerous bruises, like the damp dark stain spread across the roof of his bedroom, compliments of a leaky faucet in the apartment above. The poem was legible, even from across the room. First verse. Endless spirals ending. Don Quixote tilting windmills of loneliness and doubt against a sunrise backdrop of hope 
sliding relentlessly toward hopelessness. Pretty bleak stuff. Was it him? She'd said she wanted to write him. Did she? And what made her think she knew him that well after one night in which they'd spent more time grunting and moaning than actually talking? What had made her think to write it there, where he couldn't help but see and wonder over it? She turned and caught him staring at the wall. She wiped the smudge of blue from beneath one nostril without the slightest indication of guilt for having been at his stash. "'You didn't tell me your name,' he said, sitting up in bed. The sheets pooled in his lap and he was suddenly conscious of the erection there, concealed and yet made obvious beneath the tented sheet. "'I need to go,' she said, reaching for the clothes scattered across the floor.